0: Book dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio.
1: Welcome to Book Dreams, the podcast for everyone who loves books and misses English
0: class. I'm Julie Sternberg, and I'm a children's book author. And I'm Eve Yohallam. I'm also a children's book author. In each episode of this podcast, we use books as a way to explore questions that fascinate us. And in this episode, we consider sex. Or specifically, what happens when you take 27 incredible writers and set them free to write erotic stories in total anonymity so they can write whatever they want?
1: It's one of the most fun parlor games ever. Two best-selling authors who are also good friends— Hilary Jordan and Cheryl Lulian Tan put together an anthology of erotic short stories written by 27 different authors, including themselves. The twist is that while all of the authors are credited alphabetically in the beginning of the book, none of the stories are attributed. So nobody other than Hilary, Cheryl, and the book's editor at Scribner knows
0: which author wrote which story. The list includes winners of the Pulitzer Prize, the National Book Award, Penn Awards, the Women's Prize for Fiction, Edgar Award, and more. In addition to Cheryl and Hillary, we're talking about writers like Robert Olin Butler, Louise Erdrich, Julia Glass, Rebecca Mackay, Helen Oyoyemi, Mary Louise Parker, Jason Reynolds, Paul Thoreau, Luis Alberto Urea, and Edmund White.
1: It is amazing what happens when writers with that kind of talent have that kind of freedom. Here's how Cheryl and Hillary described the result in their introduction to the book. As we had expected from such a gifted and disparate group of writers, the stories are all over the map. There's queer and straight sex, real and imagined sex, holographic and ghost sex. There's youthful sex, married sex, and senior sex, and one story that manages to cover all three. There are stories of sexual obsession and sexual love, stories of domination and submission, power and surrender. There's revenge sex and sex with strangers, sex as rebellion and sex as holy. There's unrequited sex, funny sex, tortured sex, and tender sex. There's sex all over the world Hong Kong, Nigeria, France, India, Australia, the US. There's past sex, present day sex, future sex, and even sex in the afterlife. There is a lot of sex in this book.
0: There is a lot of sex in this episode. And I mean, already. I don't think I have ever said the word sex as many times in one minute as you just did.
1: I don't think I have either. And wait until you hear what we talk about in the interview. But before we get to that, just a few words about Cheryl and Hillary. Cheryl Lulian Tan is author of the international bestsellers *Sarong Party Girls and A Tiger in the Kitchen, a memoir of food and family. She's also the editor of the fiction anthology Singapore Noir. Cheryl was a staff writer at The Wall Street Journal, *In Style*, and The Baltimore Sun. And her stories and reviews have also appeared in The New York Times, Times Literary Supplement, The Paris Review, The Washington Post, and Bon
0: Appetit, among others. Born and raised in Singapore, she lives in New York City. Hilary Jordan is the author of the novels Mudbound and When She Woke. Mudbound was an international bestseller that won multiple awards and was adapted into a critically acclaimed Netflix film that earned four Academy Award nominations. Hillary's is also a screenwriter, essayist, and poet whose work has been published in the New York Times, McSweeney's, and Outside Magazine, among others. She lives in Brooklyn, New York. We started by asking Cheryl and Hillary what kind of guidelines they gave the authors. Here's what they said.
2: We didn't give them any real, you know, guidelines except to say, give us a story that is erotic, a story that is about sex, you know, a sexy story. We tried to keep it as wide open for our contributors as
0: we could. So in other words, it's a story about sex as opposed to a story with sex.
3: We really left it up to them to sort of interpret it however they wished. I think the only parameters we really gave them were word counts. And even that was pretty large because we said, well, anything between 1,000 and 8,000 words is fine. We wanted everybody to feel free to really just sort of explore whatever they wanted, to have free reign, because here is an unusual opportunity in which they could really write whatever they wanted and kind of not be afraid of being seen a certain way. I mean, not that our writers are afraid of being seen in any way, but, um, you know, you could really just sort of go for it.
2: Yeah. Blue Sky you know, slip your skin. If you're a woman, you could write from a man's point of view. If you're straight, you could write from a queer point of view. Whatever people wanted to do, we wanted to give them the maximum amount of freedom.
1: How did you decide whom to approach for the book?
2: The first thing we did was we each
3: drew up our wish list of who we would love to have in the book. Hillary and I both read very broadly, uh, but we also read very differently. And so our list ended up having a lot of people overlap, but also a lot of different people, which was the joy of this book, just sort of discovering uh, writers all around the world. The first person we invited was Julia Glass, who had actually introduced us years ago at the Brooklyn Book Festival. Um, I was in Singapore in lockdown at the time and I called Julie and I said, Hey, we've got this thing going. Hillary and I would love for you to be on board. And she said, yes, instantly.
0: (laughs) No thinking, just new. (laughs) That's great. Did anyone give reasons
1: other than logistics for saying no? You know, like one person that
2: I wrote to said that he was just not really comfortable writing about sex outside of an existing story. Mm -hmm. So, just to sort of make up a story because it's about sex was not something that he could do.
3: We also had a few writers who said, you know, I just, <laughs> they, they they confess that they, they, they feel uh, squeamish about writing sex in their own books. So they, they wondered how they would fare. And one writer was very, very funny. And, and he's a writer I admire greatly. And he said, I don't even like reading the sex scenes in my own book. Like, I don't know if I would want wanted to focus on anybody else. <laughs> so that was really lovely. But he was also very like, you know, this book is good. It sounds terrific. I can't wait to read it. I just can't figure out how I would write a story that would turn that would not turn people's stomachs.
1: Right. Can I ask, was there someone or more than one person who you thought, you know what? They are never going to go for this. And they did.
3: There are definitely a few on the list where I was really surprised. And I, you know, it was just one of those when the email comes through and they say
2: yes. And you're like, oh, my God, how did that happen? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there Uh, were people that we were just like we were pinching ourselves that we got them.
3: Yeah. I mean, Jason Reynolds, for example, I mean, he's known for children's books and young adult books, and he's a wonderful writer. So when we invited him, I thought, well, you know, I don't know. This is really out of the box for him. But he said yes. But there's so many on the list. Helena Yemi, Paul Theroux, Louise Erdrich. We were just so delighted when all these people signed on and said yes. That's great. Yeah.
0: So here's something I've been wondering about from the moment I heard about this anthology. Do you two know who wrote which story?
2: Oh, yes. Our main editors know, the payroll people know, because mm-hmm. they had to write checks. And I think that's about it. So we've really kept it close to the vest just because that's the idea and we promised people we would. Um, I mean, Our publicist doesn't even know who wrote which story.
3: And so that's how tight we've kept it. You know, our editor, she said, "I want to read do the first read blind. I don't want to know who wrote which story." And she thought that she'd be able to guess because she knows the writing styles of so many of these writers. And when we gave her the list after she'd read it, she only managed to guess two of the twenty seven, which we thought was really interesting. And she was shocked. And I think that really speaks to um the freedom that this book, Represents because I think a lot of our writers really went, they just wrote whatever they wanted, which is so beautiful to see. Um, you know, men wrote from women's perspectives, women wrote from men's perspectives, people who were not queer wrote queer perspectives. It was, or people set stories all over the world in places where you would not
0: associate them with. So it was really lovely to see. Mm-hmm. And have people told you guesses about the author? Oh, I think I'm sure that such and such a person wrote this story.
2: But well, we keep a pretty, uh, you know, straight face when people guess, we just say, Oh, that's interesting. But we did have one of our authors um, say to me, Oh, I think um, I'm pretty sure I know who wrote this one. I passed that along to Cheryl, who passed it along to the author in question, who then said, well, I don't mind if she knows. (laughs) (laughs) So there's been a little bit of, a little bit of sharing um, among the authors
3: that kind of exchange has been lovely to see because, um, it's been this sort of like little love fest among the authors, you know, the two authors that Hillary mentioned, um, are, are big fans of each other's. And so it was nice to, to kind of share that a little bit, even though they they'd not really met before.
0: Yeah. And then of course there is the story I'm blanking on the title, but there is the story in the collection that's told in first person. I don't miss you to another author in the collection saying, oh, I didn't know you would be here. And the whole story is about that relationship. And of course, you know, very intriguing to know whether that's fiction or nonfiction.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is a really interesting question.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) It is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure if you can answer this question without giving yourselves away, but I wonder if you can each tell us anything about how you approached writing your particular story.
2: I approach the story pretty much the way I approach anything that I write. I tend to start with a character with a a problem, but... I mean, I think we all and a few people explicit explicitly mentioned this sort of, you know, Britain has these bad sex awards every year. And <laughs> I think people were a little like one of the authors said, you know, you're going to edit us. Right. Because we don't want to be winning one of those bad sex awards. Right? <laughs> but everybody is everyone who wrote is aware of, you know the sort of difficulty of writing originally uh, freshly about sex and, and the, the ease it is to um, slip into cliche. Mm-hmm.
3: For me, um, I guess my my last novel has a fair bit of sex in it. In fact, during that editing process, we took out some of the sex because there was just too much sex. Someone thought, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a different kind of sex, and uh, that sorry, it was sort of like weaponized sex in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this, I guess I approached it the same way I would approach anything else. Uh, I was at, a, at the Qs literary seminar recently, and Jamie Adamberg uh, was talking about writing sex, and she said, you know, I to me, I approach it like writing anything else that shows a part of the character that's essential for the reader to see whether the character is you know making an omelet or having sex like that should illuminate something about the character's life and mind and psyche that you might not otherwise know and so that's kind of how I approached it but also mainly I had this sort of scenario in mind I very often I begin my novels with uh, sort of a scenario in mind a what if and then you kind of go from there and it was it was actually really fun to write you know when we were inviting people to join us we, we we talked a lot about how liberating it would be and when it came to actually writing the story it was wonderful to be like oh yeah this is really liberating it's really fun to write this
1: yeah what kind of feedback did you hear from the other writers after they submitted their stories did any of them share with you what the experience was like for them
3: The writers I dealt with, they really enjoyed the process and they thought it was really fun. This is really a pandemic project in a way. I mean, we had talked about doing this book for years, but Hillary and I were always different or free at different times. And it wasn't until the pandemic happened and I I was in lockdown in Singapore in my childhood bedroom, living in my mom's home (laughs) and going crazy. It was a strict lockdown. It was like we could have been arrested for even carpooling. Like, yeah, you neighbor know, to the grocery store. Um, Hillary was in isolation in Maine, and then in New York. And we got on a FaceTime call and, and we said, you know, this is the time. Now we have time. Let's do it. And when we invited people, you know, I think that they were sort of in that same space in their lives. We heard from many writers who said, you know, this really came in a great time because it really got them out of their pandemic heads and into this world that was really fun for them to inhabit, to write this short story. And so because we started inviting people in summer of 2020. And that was before vaccines. That was when a lot of people were still kind of living in fear not knowing what's going on and here we were sending them a letter saying will you write us a story about sex (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. Uh when they turned it in looking back they said you know what it was really great it was kind of what I needed
2: yeah I mean I think a lot of people had been creatively blocked especially during the early months and this was sort of a an escape valve you know in a way And a lot of people, um, single people especially, weren't having much sex. So this was kind of a a reminder of human connection and intimacy. Um, It was a fun thing during a grim time.
1: The authors in this collection hail from different countries or different ages, races, religions, genders, sexual orientations, you name it. As you read these diverse stories, what are some of the themes, the common themes that struck you?
2: Okay, I'm going to take this one this time. This is one of our favorite questions. Oh, good. <laughs> As it turns out, um, there is a lot of kindlingus in this book. Oh. oh, yeah, there totally
0: is. <laughs> it, is the,
2: it seems to be the dominant uh, theme of the book, and we just love that. Male writers, female writers all writing about that. So um, that was probably one of the big surprises. hmm there was also more s
3: than we thought, which was just sort of interesting. But, you know, the, the main threads through it all were there was just such such joy and sort of the raw beauty of like a physical encounter. You know, everyone was really just sort of celebrating um, sex in all its different forms. And you never know when you're going to meet somebody, how you're going to meet someone, how it's going to turn out, you know, who's going to put what hand where. Um, it's all about connection and it's all about intimacy and needing to feel someone's you know flesh on your flesh for a moment in time
2: yeah you know it's it's like we all know where the body parts go so what's interesting is that you know you have 27 people writing about the same act i mean slightly different versions of it but in such a myriad ways and through characters that are so different and who view it so differently no story is alike so that was um that was wonderful to see
0: Yeah, I did notice, and I'm generalizing in a big way, but there does seem to be an emphasis on female pleasure. I mean, as you said, lots of cunnilingus in the book, but just more generally female pleasure. And I don't know what to make of that, but I do wonder what, if anything, stands out to you about the stories that would have been different or might have been different 10 years ago or 20 years ago.
3: I think um, what's interesting is that you would, Now, one might think that a story that's really centered on female pleasure was written by a woman. But I think if you knew the identities of some of the authors of these very female oriented books, you'd be you'd be really surprised. In some ways, it's really sad. We can't share who wrote what, because I think you'd be like, wow, that's really, really cool. You know, it would make the story that much cooler to know. Mm -hmm. There's also sex that you can't really quite explain or pinpoint, you know, there's holographic sex, there's sex in the afterlife, there's ghost sex. I love that our writers just sort of took this and just ran with it and just went wherever and came back with all these
0: different stories. Was there anything that surprised you, especially about this whole process, something about working with the authors or, or the editing of the stories or anything at all about this that surprised you?
2: I mean, Cheryl had been an editor before. I had not been an editor before. So I was a bit surprised by how much work it is. I mean, (laughs) it's a lot of work putting a collection together and herding 27 cats, essentially, you know, just the back and forth and the editing process. So that all to me was new territory, not so much for Cheryl.
3: Yeah, I guess I was just, um, perhaps what surprised me a little was just how enthusiastic everyone was. You know, we have people who've won the Pulitzer Prize, who've been shortlisted for the Booker Prize, uh, won the National Book Award. You know, S.J. Roseanne has won every mystery award there is to to win. And yet everyone was just so enthusiastic and so nice and just so like on board and excited about this. You know, I thought they would turn in the story and that would be it. But no, they're they're out there tweeting. Uh, they're excited about doing events. It's just lovely to to see their enthusiasm carry forth beyond the story.
0: I don't mean to nitpick, but I do want to point out that the anonymity wasn't complete. There were three people, Cheryl, Hillary, and their editor, who knew which author wrote which story. And I think there's a difference between nobody knows which erotic story is yours and three people know. It makes me think about the nature and power of secrets. So when I have a secret, and I tell no one, depending on what the secret is, I might feel a sense of urgency that can sometimes even feel like a burden, like a weight I'm carrying, or like I'm blocked. On the other hand, keeping a secret can feel very safe. And then when I share a secret, even with just one person, there can be excitement and relief, but also guilt and fear. I have to imagine the authors felt some of this grab bag of emotions when they wrote their stories.
1: I'm certain they did. And the stories certainly reflect a range of feelings. I mean, the concept of the anthology is a lot of fun, and there's certainly plenty of fun in some of the stories, but they also explore deeper themes like shame and shamelessness, control, connection, power, and love, of course.
0: I thought it was really interesting to learn that so many of the authors wrote from the perspective of people who are not their own identities, whether it was gender or sexual orientation or race or whatever it was, especially when we're in a moment where writers are taking particular care to write from their own perspectives. I wonder if the fact that the stories are about sex makes it easier to do that. You know, this idea that cultures are different, but emotions are universal. And sex is all about emotion. Or maybe it's the thrill of the forbidden, given that there's so much emphasis on own voices.
1: Well, the anonymity must have made it easier in a certain sense to take that imaginative leap too, since it must have eased the fear of being criticized for veering from, you know, that own voice's emphasis that's an emphasis that has vital benefits, but as with virtually everything else, you know, it's complicated.
0: Yeah, and speaking of complicated, Cheryl made the point in our conversation that people of all genders think about female pleasure a lot more than we might expect. And as a feminist, I feel very heartened by that.
1: Me too, <laughs> me too. And I think that is the perfect note to end on. So that's it for this episode of the Book Dreams podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast and think
0: someone else would too, please rate and review us on
1: Apple Podcasts or Spotify.
0: As always, you can reach us at contact at bookdreamspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Cheryl at CherylLulianTon.com and on Twitter at CherylTon88. You can find hillary at hillaryjordan.com and on twitter at hillary underscore jordan
1: many thanks to our producer Jean-franco lentini and to our theme music composer Maya Polsky you can find eve at Eveohallam.com and me at julie sternberg.com and check out the podcast website www.bookdreamspodcast.com until next time happy book dreaming happy book dreaming
0: oh, listen to Dreams with julie and. Me.